You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories, their nuanced conversations, and forward thinking, and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters. Every voice is important. Life is polarizing, but not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray. Welcome back. Welcome back, faders. It's your boy Omar, the podfather here. All alone, I've been abandoned here on this weekend. No other fake casters around on the table. Um, I don't know. This is an official APB all points bulletin for Andy. We have not seen Andy in quite some time. I'm just wanting to know that he is still alive. And so if, if he's out there, Andy, please come back. And Chris, Seth, and Elizabeth also cannot be here today. All had prior arrangements and engagements. Everybody is marked safe right now. There is no, as far as I know, there's not like a pandemic in the FTG family yet. Um, there is no coronavirus that, that we know of. Seth was, you know, on the fence earlier this week, thought maybe, maybe he was coming down with something, but he recovered and he's actually at a film festival. So team, I love you, but I got this. So today... That's right. If you read the title, we are talking coronavirus with Dr. Pete. If you remember Dr. Pete, he was was on two episodes at the beginning of the year during our health series, one on basically just basic nutrition, I think it was, and the other was on longevity. And uh, I do believe, uh, Pete, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that you just came from a conference with the CDC about the coronavirus and, and what to expect and how to like kind of like handle the general public. Well, I am I am a family practice doctor in the St. Louis area, and our, I work with SSM uh, Health Systems, and we had our family practice internal medicine meeting where, you know, half the meeting was, what are we going to do about the coronavirus, making sure we're all on the same page, uh, that we're sure what to do with patients uh, that are under investigation, a, a term the CDC uses for anybody who is suspicious that they think they might have it. And then uh, what? how do we go about testing them and following the proper protocols? So this is a news for noobs, and I am a noob in this. I don't listen to a lot of like the mainstream media when it comes to things like this. I have Learned my lesson. Uh, I can remember in the last 20 years, th- there's at least five different things the media said was definitely going to kill me, mm-hmm. starting with Y2K, bird flu, um, I'm trying to think Ebola virus. Uh, I mean, there's, there's been a handful of things that it seems like, you know, I think the saying goes, if it, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, so obviously the, the most compelling stories are going get, to get the forefront, but it definitely seems like this story is worth paying attention to. And and so with you having some knowledge and experience in this area, I'm so happy that you came on today, Dr. P. I am I am gonna play I'm gonna play the skeptic just so you know. Right. So I'm gonna play I'm gonna play to that. And I think that the fact that you see it that way is a sign that the system is working, that literally millions of dedicated uh, experts and all in their different fields have worked very hard to make sure this doesn't affect you. 
that it seems like a myth to you. It, it took uh, a lot of effort to, to get to that point, uh, especially with Ebola. Ebola alone, we spent $5 billion you know, to help control it from the U.S. alone. We just approved $8 billion in emergency funds to get working on this, people working on it from the early stages. Uh, with Y2K, uh, that was five years of prep time and about a year of panic time of people updating their computer systems, which is really good for us and led to and avoided a whole lot of problems. And so it was just a lot of smoke as you're blowing smoke there. <laughs> it appeared like a lot of smoke because you know the smoke was the engine working really hard to make sure that nothing bad happened. And we're doing it, it now too. So you sound like you're pro fear mongering then. <laughs> no, not at all. Fear mongering is a horrible, <laughs> terrible thing. Um, you know, it, it incites mobs and mobs are insanity- uh, personified, and we need to not go there. We need to be prepared. We need to work ahead of time. Uh, Y2K, we stockpiled up on food. You know, we upgraded our computers. We, you know, did things. Uh, uh, but the thing is, then there was an economic crash after that. You know, uh, yeah. you know, the, the 2000 crash happened about three months later. So the economic realities tend to hit after these things or during these things. Uh, and that's real and that does affect everybody. And that is really crazy. That's the one thing that I noticed just through this last thing with the coronavirus is how everyone was selling out of Lysol and bleach and it's like living in this capitalistic society. The only thing that we know to do whenever fear happens is go out and spend money. Like that's going to save us. Like that's our, that's like, Hey, if we get, <laughs> if we get enough Lysol, then we, we can kill this thing. Like we, and there's nothing else. Like we have all these doctors and scientists around the world trying to figure out a cure, but yeah. you know, Lysol is going to do it. But, but true. I mean, well, it, obviously like the things that they're telling you to do, washing your hands, mm -hmm. not, you know, covering your mouth and you cough, all the things that I've been learning since I was a child to stay healthy. Right. And so it's one of the, like, Everything that they're telling us, I think, is really good stuff. It's stuff that we should be doing already. Well, it's a little thing I started doing in my office. You know, I walk in the room and people go, how are you doing? And I, and right off my hand, I hit, there's a hand wipe thing right there, right at the door. I got a big glob of it. And in front of them, I go, we, you and me, are washing, we're waving, we're wiping down surfaces, and whoa, we are not touching our face. You know, it's just my little mnemonic. And like, that's my public service announcement. <laughs> And because they all want to put th they all want to put their hand out and shake my hand, and I'm the last person's hand you want to shake right now. Would you call that the four W's? Is that something yeah? I'm gonna like call that the yeah. You know, actually, the five because it's five. we. You know, number okay. one is we are washing, waving, wiping, and whoa, we're not touching our face. <laughs> that's know. clever. I like that. It helps yeah. So that's, that little thing is just my public server nonsense in my office, and we'll repeat that a few times throughout the uh, the, the show just to get everybody just to get on it. So so let me try it. So we. Are, yes. are washing, waving, wiping down surfaces, wiping and whoa, whoa we're, not touching we're not, our face. We're not touching our face. Okay. Well, people, you know, they went crazy buying masks, and right. I got a head up early on that this was bad because you went, you know, went to Lowe's and there were none. And I, you know, good friends with the manager of Lowe's, and he goes, our entire shipment, our entire thing, and from our warehouses where we get them, we're all sent to China, and they're made in China, and they're not sending us any for three months. I was like, this is January. I was like, what? You know? <laughs> and so I have a college fund. So I went out and took all my money in the college fund and put it into a money market, <laughs> you know, cause I'm like, Whoa, something's going to happen. And so, uh, and then the, I kept hearing more things. I, you know, uh, yeah, 
I get, you know, privileged information sometimes, you know, from, from things that things are going on <laughs> just from my patients, you know, they get nervous and love to talk about stuff. Uh, and so I just kept hearing that this is coming, this is coming. And, but the masks, everybody's buying up all the masks. The masks are not going to protect you so much. It is respiratory droplet. It is uh, getting on, you know, the counter and then you wipe it and that's how you pick it up. And the person who had it may have passed days ago. And that's why we're wiping the surfaces. The mask will keep you from touching your own mouth and nose. In that case, the mask is actually protecting you more from the your own fingers and the surfaces more than the other person that who might cough on you. A mask will keep the person who has it from spreading it to surfaces. So, uh, if you have a you know if you have a mask, feel fine to wear it. But it, the main thing is is the W's. You know, the washing, the waving, the wiping, and that we're all doing it. And then whoa, because if you don't pay attention, you're going to touch your face. 50 times an hour or more, you know, and, uh, it's all subconscious and I'm, you know, holding, holding your own hands like this, you know, sometimes keeps you from doing it. And so I'm talking to patients. I'm, you know, visibly doing this to try and keep myself from touching my own face and nose. Well, like we said, I'm, I'm kind of stupid on this stuff. I don't watch a lot of news, but why is this particular virus so scary? Like, is it that it's so deadly or is it that there's no cure? Like, why? I know it's moving fast and we're pretty right. much all going to be touched by it in some way. But why is it so scary? Well, to go with something that's very common that we know a lot about, and I, uh, the influenza virus kills one in a thousand, 0.1%. And we have pretty good numbers on the flu. Uh, and this is killing 30 to 60 per thousand. And a lot, you know, so I mean, there, there's, there's a huge number right there. The Spanish flu was in this range, uh, and the Spanish flu killed more people than all of World War One and World War Two combined in one year. And who's dying, Doctor P? Is it uh, like sick, elderly smokers? Right. What's the, like, the what, Spanish what is flu the... was, was unusual. It killed a lot of twenty to forty year olds. This is this the coronavirus so far. If you look at the numbers, is definitely fifty and up, and people with underlying lung diseases, people with COPD, smokers, people with asthma, uh, people on with cancer or on chemotherapy or anything that re, uh, weakens their immune system. Uh, in China, the men smoke a lot. Over fifty percent of the men smoke, but only three percent of the women. Uh, and the men were dying at higher rates. Uh, and their pollution levels are, uh, well known to be very, very bad. And the pollution in these cities, you know, probably also increased the, the death rate there. Uh, and really until you get about a thousand cases, it's, you know, it's hard, you know, the numbers are, are, are skewy, you know, uh, in America, we, you know, just the other day we had a hundred cases and 10 deaths. Well, that's 10%, but almost all of those were in a nursing home, uh, with un unhealthy people. When you get to, when we get to a thousand, um, and then you kind of uh, cases known, then you got a better statistical average of how bad this is. And not everybody who has it is getting tested. We have a shortage of tests. The CDC is doing their best to get uh, the tests out. They're trying to get the tests first out to uh, health departments. People are coming to my office or calling saying, how do I get tested? And we're like, go to the health department. And they're like, you don't have it? Like, no, your doctor's office does not have the test. Okay. Your local hospital know. does not have the test. You know, so uh, we're at, the CDC please says, please call your doctor, call the hospital, but don't go there and potentially infect hundreds of people who will then have to go on quarantine. And so 
They are rapidly trying to put the test out and getting out there a commercially available test, which means I could buy one uh, to test you, uh, uh, is on on the way, but not here yet. So we don't know how many people actually have been infected, but of the people we know are infected, the death rate's high. So, but even if it's ten times, let's I'm totally making up a number. Let's say it's ten times more people infected than we know about. We're still at three times worse than the flu. You know, so this this is this is something to be concerned about. Uh, and I love my parents and everybody loves their their elderly people. And there's lots of people over 50, you know, and they're still working. And, you know, and this can affect the affect the economy. Uh, and again, the fear. They should you name know, this like the Darwin disease. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm trying not to get go morbid there, you know, because, you know, but um uh, I mean, it's it's definitely like a step away, though. It sounds like it's really almost honestly one of those things. I feel like Dr. Pete, where the medical community, you know, your your parents, everybody, like, we're right. You know, it's one of those things. This is like the perfect disease, almost to to be like I told you from the beginning since you were a kid. You know, like, you know, don't don't smoke. You know, eat the right foods, wash your hands, and it seems like the people who yeah. are, are doing that are surviving, <laughs> you know, like right. it's not, they're not, there's not a concern. And it's like, you know, those of us who have made poor life decisions, haven't listened to the doctors all of our lives. Now there's actually a disease out there that can, can kill us. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's the, uh, karma thing there. I think is what you're getting to, but, um, uh, but, but likewise, the, uh, our, our, uh, global hero, uh, the doctor who blew the whistle on this died from it mm. and he was 34. You know, I don't know whether he smoked or not, you know, That's but, uh, you know, so it is killing young people, though. So I, I, I don't want to say, oh, this is an old people dying disease. What was this doctor's name? I, mean, that- uh, I, f- I forgot his name right now. Do- um, my, my assistant is looking that up right now. They've been calling him Dr. Lee. Uh, his first name will be up here in a, a second. Uh, he, he did an amazing thing. You know, he bucked the system. Uh, he called, uh, you know, he called it out and said, this is unusual. This is odd, you know, and we need to be doing something. And the Chinese government went into panic mode first. And eventually I think they finally did the right thing and, and really, uh, got it going. So Dr. Lee went long, well, Lee L I went long and he was an ophthalmologist, you know, so, you know, the, he wasn't even an infectious disease doctor. He just noticed that, wait, people are dying here who rapidly who shouldn't be and what's going on and he ended up giving his life for it so he was treating patients as well obviously he was coming in contact well with and, and they're finding about about 15 percent of healthcare professionals in china have contracted the virus uh, i don't know a death rate there but i mean if you're going to be around it it's like the uh, the nurses and the doctors at chernobyl uh, all got severe radiation sickness and one of the most radioactive places on the planet is the basement where they took all the firemen's uniforms and uh, quickly try, did their best to decontaminate it. That entire hospital is uninhabitable. You know, so uh, very, very brave people doing what they got to do around the world. But in the Chinese, they really stepped up when they needed to. I think they were a bit delayed uh, is the assessment. But uh, everybody's working as hard as they can now. And we're, we're working out protocols. We're trying to educate our, our patients. Uh, the CDC website says if you've been around someone who you know has it, if you have a fever, cough, shortness of breath, uh, even a sore throat, you know, get yourself tested, go to the, your county health department is basically your branch office of the CDC. 
be like, well, how do I get the CDC? Go to your local county health department, city health department. Uh, they will have the, the tests. They are available at almost every county health department now, That, from what I can tell. And uh, get tested there. Uh, here, they were having people call ahead, wait in your car. Someone in protective equipment would come out, get the sample, go back in the, into the building. Because if you, you go in the building and you infected the people in the waiting room and the, and the staff, that's a bunch of very well-trained staff that now are on isolation at home now and they can't do their job to help anybody else so do your if you are suspicious of having it try not for your first job is to try not to spread it yourself uh reckon, recommending people do home self-isolation um for how long how long does this disease stay in the body or in, in the person uh well it, it the reason why it's so contagious is it is a slow onset from exposure to symptoms and slow onset from symptoms to severe symptoms uh sars was two days you know, from in, from contracting the virus to have being sick, this is seven days. So it's five more days to spread it to more people. You know, with the SARS, you know, it was very rapidly that people got sick, and then therefore they're able to contain the infected person and isolate them quicker before they spread to too many people. With the coronavirus, you have. I'm just using round numbers about seven days from exposure till you feel bad and about seven days from when you're feeling bad till you're hospital bad. Like, well, I need oxygen, you know. So if you're trying to do the right thing and quarantine yourself, how does one actually like survive economically, physically from this and disease? And this is where it comes down and hits people for real uh, that you're talking about. This doesn't, you know, the other virus, yeah. the other diseases didn't affect you. This is going to affect you because your coworker is going to self-isolate if or, or stuff and that came up in our meeting and our and while well, our health our uh, our human resources person says well you can claim uh short-term disability for this and get some money uh you know but there you know you see every now and then on the news says you know a third of american households don't have 400 bucks for an emergency or can't buy the groceries you know next week if they don't get their paycheck here so people who don't have any money in reserve or don't have these accesses, we're going to see a big strain on the food pantries. And so if you can give to the food pantries right now, uh, uh, and, uh, there, this is, this is going to have long effects. Uh, you mentioned the, the stock market, you know, going down after some of these things, the stock market is known as the futures market. They're always looking at three to six months. What's the economy. So in the economy, you know, the stock market goes down, you're saying the economy's not bad. Now they're saying the economy is going to be bad in three to six months. And so, you know, that's why these things are going to affect us. So, um, oh, it's definitely going to affect us. It's definitely going to like hit us maybe in ways we're not expecting. Like you said, right. the economy, um, I, is there any, what's the good news? Cause obviously it has a high death rate for people over 50 has a high mm -hmm. death rate for smokers. Um, good news is if you're if you're young and you make good life choices, you can survive through this. But what can most of us expect as far as you said the symptoms are very flu like? Yeah. But like, how bad does it get? Like, and then like the is it two weeks? Is it three weeks? How how, how long? Well, eighty percent of people will just have a runny nose and a little cough. You know, it, coronavirus is a common cold virus. It will act like a common cold. Uh, it's the 20% of people who get worse, uh, and, 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 th and that's the, the problem there. So most of us are just going to have a runny nose and be spreading it and not know it and not be that ill. Um, 
And so that's why the CDC has been saying for quite a while now, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to be exposed and how you're going to react to it. Uh, the, the washing, the waving and the, whoa, don't touch your face, um, <laughs> the is, is, is your, is your best bet. We have modern health systems. If you look back at the Spanish flu, they didn't have IV fluids. They didn't have oxygen. They didn't have respirators. Uh, and so I think their death rate was higher because they didn't have all those things. And so we have them, uh, in America and Western medicine, you know, we, we tend to have these in pretty good, uh, amounts. Neurodurge Hospital has you know, multiple respirators and stuff, and 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 oxygen's easily available in every room and every in, in a hospital. And we know this is definitely a, a lung virus. This virus loves to go to the lungs, uh, and the the overproduction of mucus is the issue. So awareness that shortness of breath is the let's get going. You know, this is the time to start seeking medical health. Uh, hospital. We've had some lead time. The Chinese bought us lead time. Uh, to start making arrangements uh, to, to get more isolation rooms and and get protocols and stock up on supplies. Our hospitals all are, you know, we're not a large hospital, but we have a pandemic supply uh, for of, of equipment in just in case, you know, uh, and, and most responsible healthcare systems have a stock room of, of masks and things like that just for these things. And so I think the, the, the appropriate level of preparedness has been done uh, but it, it's honest and it's time for action. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Pete, for coming on in such short order. I mean, we were thinking, we're talking, when I was realizing this week that, I mean, it's everywhere. You can't escape it. I mean, and it sounds like that's the reality of the virus too. So luckily, you said the number's 80%, 20%. It's so hard not to go there. I know you personally, professionally, you know, like, probably don't want to speak to it, but uh, you know, the whole karma thing, you know, you, ch- you try to tie like God or religion or try to make any sense in, into any of it, you know, and the only thing that actually seems to make sense in this is the uh, medical side of it, you know, the, the logic, the, right. you know, if, if yeah. you do, if you, you know, take care of yourself, if you make good health decisions, good life choices, then you will live longer. You're at less risk of death. And so, well, I, I it's a, cartoon that i keep bringing up with my patients all the time i i, I you know we all have medical records electronic in our offices so i bring up uh, this far side cartoon from gary larson uh and it's the hey look what zog do and uh show some cavemen and they're holding their food in their hands in the fire to cook it and one of the cavemen looks over at this other caveman who's you know uh, the smart guy with the glasses, and he's got the food on a stick, and he's very comfortably holding it in the fire. And the guy goes, hey, look what Zog do. And all of science is, hey, look what Zog do. So let's look at the people who are healthy. Let's look at the people who are doing well, and let's do what they do. You know, And there's lots of long-term studies going on 50, 60 years evaluating groups of people and go, these people are living well. These people are living into their 80s, 90s, and 100s with low rates of dementia and high rates of functionality. What are they doing? They're eating well. They're eating fresh fruits and vegetables and beans. They're eating low amounts of meat, you know, four ounces a day, usually fish and chicken. Red meat's a celebratory meat for birthdays and holidays. Uh, And they take afternoon naps. It would be a, you know, it's a luxury for most people. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, they 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 just live well. They they exercise. They walk. They don't run marathons, but they're very active. 
you know, and you know, let's look at what Zog do and do what they do. You know, they've lived through many epidemics. You know, the people are hundred years old. They, you know, at least their parents lived through the uh, the Spanish flu, uh, and so you know, these are habits that are passed down. So let's uh, look at the successful people and and copy them. I mean, seems like reasonable advice. Going back to kind of like the whole thought of you know survival of the fittest, like mm-hmm. is is there as well. So get fit. There's a, there's a big luck factor involved in all this, but yeah, genetics. <laughs> genetics is yeah. that factor. Like I mean, I I think like literally thank God every day for good genes. But well, a lot of people are worried about the the the, the virus right now. But uh, car wrecks, uh, wear your seatbelt. You know, I mean, you know, uh, just keep doing all your everyday normal, good, safe, healthy behaviors. Uh, take your medicine, you know, take your blood pressure medicine, take your diabetes medicine, you know, just be healthy. If you got a disease, this is not time for panic. It's a time for just good habits. That's good advice. Not a time for panic. I like what you said. Like you yep. said. And, and it, there are other things that are probably going to kill you faster or more, more likely that we should be like focusing on too. So, right. And don't, don't lose sight of everyday issues that we need to still be working on. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. P and, yeah, you mentioned uh, the whole nap thing. I, I wish that that could be a, a reality for, for myself because I think that's really good advice. And I remember you talking about that in the previous episode that you were on. Um, it's a luxury. Yeah. I mean, with my schedule, I you know schedule one day a week where I have a two hour lunch so I could take a nap. You know, I guess if you're quarantining yourself for two weeks because of <laughs> you like, take a lot of naps. <laughs> And I guess yeah. if you're not sick, you know, you roll the dice and quarantine yourself anyway, I barely get disability. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but um, I also work at a free clinic for a lot of people who have jobs that don't have insurance and they don't have human resources and, you know, and they don't have a, uh, a safety net of any type. Uh, and, I, and I worry about these people and they're a large per- percentage of the population still, yeah. you know, uh, if you're going to work for an employee that has less than. 50 employees, they don't have to provide you health insurance and they often don't have all these other uh, benefits you get from working with a large Yeah, it's company. a real concern. I'm self-employed, you know, and so if I don't go to work, my, my kids don't eat. And yeah, so, so I may be one of those guys if I end up getting sick and wearing one of the cute little masks as I'm pulling electrical wire. <laughs> you get one, of the, get one of those full body suits. I've seen some of my friends like post pictures. You can get like the whole mask and set up for about like 50 bucks. <laughs> Uh, it's it's actually been pretty cheap, yeah. Uh, up until now, right? <laughs> it's been pretty cheap to get them. But the problem that they're they're one time use and disposable, though. I mean, the problem is once someone's coughed on you with it, it's contagious now. Uh, you know, and and that's the problem with those. things. And then it's but, a whole uh, big like circular thing that goes around because it's the, going back to the financial thing. If you can't afford, you know, to to buy the, the the protection that you need, I say protection. Like I mean, I guess it's just cleaning supplies at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Clorox and and Lysol and stuff like that. But it's it's like then you're at higher risk. You know, then you're not going to work, but you're spending money to try to like clean and disinfect. And it just seems like it's like the poor people always get screwed. So. It's the sad state. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to have a reserve. You know. Well, Dr. Pete, how can people, I heard a rumor that you started a podcast. Um, well, I was having fun with you guys on your podcast and seemed like fun. And uh, I've got, you know, I talk all day for a living, so this is not a problem. You know, 
Uh, and I'm like, well, I could do it as a hobby and talk about other topics I want to talk What's about. What's it called? Uh, uh, well, uh, aging is optional uh, is, is kind of my uh, catchphrase. It's something I bring up in the office all the day. Uh, it's a, I think it's a better way of talking about diet without using the word diet. Uh, without using talking about weight loss because it's not all about weight loss. It's about living longer and enjoying that longer life. Uh, and the rate at which we age is dependent on our habits. And if we can improve our habits and our diet, uh, we can live longer and we can do what Zog do. Hey, you know, let's look what you know, let's look what these healthy eighty and ninety year olds are doing, and let's do that because you know they seem to be in, enjoying themselves. Uh, and enjoying their kids and their grandkids and their great grandkids, and uh, I think that's a admirable goal, and that's what I'm trying to encourage my patients to do. And so I have a chance to just you know uh, talk about that on the podcast. Uh, we, the so first one we aging is optional is the name thing. then. <laughs> yes, aging and, is. And optional. you like to talk? How long are your episodes? Uh well. Ideally, I'm used to a 15 minute loop, <laughs> you know, with, with my patients, you know, about 15 minutes per patient is kind of, you know, the standard doctor you know, time frame. So I like to try and keep it to that. The first one we went on for, you know, I think it was 25 minutes. I'm like, okay, you know, we were just talking about the virus, like, like we are here. I thought I'd start off with that as the topic of the moment. Uh, and uh, kind of try and one, do one a week. Uh, and then as I build up to it, I like to do it more frequently. Awesome. Well, check that out. I'll, I'll be checking it out. And it sounds like, um, possibly we'll talk about like, you know, whether get you in the network or, or whatnot. I don't, okay. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that will work out with the professional side of what you want to do, but, but Hey, we'd love to have you. And I, and obviously can have you on at any time because that's been a pleasure. And obviously, um, you know what you're talking about. You just came from a meeting with the CDC and it's simple advice guys, you know, the five, the five W's. Yeah, the five W's. We are washing and waving and wiping down surfaces and whoa, don't touch your face. You know, uh, and all the information is available on the cdc.gov. Uh, and they've, they've, it's right at the top. You start clicking and it'll tell what you, know, what you need to know about how it spreads, about the symptoms, prevention and treatment, what to do if you're sick, how to get tested. Uh, and it has information for healthcare personnel, you know, uh, on what you need to do, how to assess people who have symptoms, how to answer their questions, uh, and they're uh, updating it every day. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty much repeating information and paraphrasing their information as best as I can. Uh, and uh, this is how doctors learn. We share, we talk, and we just keep sharpening the sword, you know, so, or the scalpel in this case. You know, so we so we know what we're talking about and passing on the correct information uh, to stop fear mongering, but spread helpful information. And we got to find that balance. Awesome. Well, thanks, Doctor Pete. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on here. Until next time, guys. Thanks for listening to Fade to Gray podcast. This episode was brought to you by our patrons. If you want to figure out how to support us, go to patreon.com backslash fade to gray podcast and join the group that helps support our podcast. Fade to Gray podcast is part of the Fade to Gray network. If you'd like to know more, find us online at fadetograypodcast.com. There you'll be able to find out about other podcasts within our network. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Fade to Gray podcast and on Twitter at Fade to Gray pod. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. 
Until next time, guys. Peace.